All right, well, let's get into our first interview because I'm really excited to, to talk to Denisha because she is the CEO and CFO of Transpo CFO. And now let's go ahead and welcome her in because we really have to talk about a lot of the, I guess, the unsexy parts, but important parts of running a freight company. And you have the, the background in order to help us with those issues. So Denisha, welcome into the show. Thank you for having me. Now you have, I, I was listening to an interview that you had on, on, on Truck and Hustle and you have a really interesting background. You, you played pro ball over in Sweden, <laughs> point guard. Um, I love that you came from sports because I feel like sports <laughs> helps us out in, you know, so many other I- industries and so many other aspects of life. But what brought you back to the States? What brought you to the point of saying, you know, I'm going to start my own business? So coming back to the States was um, my father and my grandfather both passed away when I was overseas playing basketball. Mm -hmm. And so I had about four deals after that that I ended up turning down um, just because I guess to an extent I was a little jaded in terms of I thought that if I was away or if I was that far away again, something else would happen. I associated basketball with death at that point. So Mm -hmm. I made a decision to... uh, I moved, I came back to Atlanta, which is where I was staying at prior to going overseas. And when I came back to Atlanta, that's when I got, I got a job. I just got a temporary job because I was kind of still open to basketball, but um, I started making it. I I got a job at Home Depot doing some HR work for them. For, from there, I ended up getting, I say about four months later, I ended up getting my, my first accounting job, which is what I went to school for. So my degrees are in marketing and accounting. Um, so I got my first accounting job and ironically, I ended up getting another deal um, to go back overseas uh, shortly after getting my first accounting job. But I turned that down, my first accounting job in Atlanta, but I turned that down just because I felt like this was the start of my career. I didn't really know like that, that particular deal was a short deal. It was only three months and you weren't guaranteed to get another deal from there. So I, I chose to stay in the corporate world. And then from there, that's how I got into accounting. Um, I worked in, uh, I did corporate accounting uh, more so for a corporation for about three years. And then I switched over to the public side. From from there, I had gained an entrance, uh, interest, excuse me, in uh, taxation. And so I ended up switching over to the public accounting world. So I, my, my next job from there was working at a CPA firm. And so when you're, you're, it's fascinating that you say you had, you took an interest in taxation because I feel like that for a lot of business owners, <laughs> that is where we're like, no, I'm not, I'm not focused on that at all. But it is something that we should absolutely be focused on, especially for a lot of these smaller truck carriers out here. You know, I think it's, I heard the stat, you know, 90% of all trucking companies have seven trucks or less. And so with a lot of these guys, you know, or, or, and women too, you know, they are one breakdown away from going out of business. So, so how did you ultimately, you know, decide to focus your efforts on the trucking side of things? So with that, um, I kept getting, so I, so let me, let me come back. So I worked corporate or I worked for someone, um, for, for quite a while, um, various industries, a lot of the industries were more so in the, in the medical side of things. Um, Mm -hmm. but when I went out on my own, I had a friend of mine that, uh, at the time she worked for Sprint, but she worked with, she was heavy logistics. So she, she, uh, target the truckers for a sprint or they had, I guess, accounts with sprint. And so she was telling me that a lot of those guys don't have accounting. And so that raised an eyebrow because that's, that's that small business lane that I'm interested in. And so um, I ended up picking up a few 
trucker clients or transportation clients from there um, with a separate company that I own, Gray Financial. And then from there, uh, fast forward to a to years later, a partner or a friend of mine, we came together and we formed Transpo CFO um, because he was heavy in the trucking space as well. And he noticed that even from his experience, a lot of trucking companies did not have accounting. And so we mm-hmm. came together um, and combined our efforts to create a, an accounting firm specifically for the truckers or specifically for the transportation industry. Now, another thing that I, I thought was really interesting in that interview is that you you talked about how you had worked for, you know, big companies that made like over, mm-hmm. you know, 50 million in, in revenue. And for a lot of smaller trucking companies, they, they're, you know, they hope to see that one day. Um, but tell me a little bit about, I guess, the differences in, is it different accounting practices between, you know, a smaller company versus a bigger company? Or is it just the bigger companies know about a lot of the different, you know, sort of tax and accounting principles? I think honestly, the the big thing from what I've seen is a lot of big companies they know that the importance of an accountant uh, or of mm. having an accountant on their team. They know the importance of having a CPA. They know the importance of needing someone not more than just once a year. So I'm not going to this person just to do my taxes. I need this person um, to strategize me, to tax plan me, to help me throughout the year. I think that's the the biggest shift between a small business and a large company. The, the the larger companies that I've worked for or that I've worked with, they they had they may have an internal team doing a lot of the work and then they come and they want that high level strategy from from their CPA or from when I work when I did work for uh, larger CPA firms. Whereas like so for with the smaller business, we don't find the importance or the value in accounting. And why do you why do you think that is? Is it you know maybe just something another thing to add to their plate? Are there th- certain things yeah. that you know with the smaller companies that they should absolutely be looking out for whenever they're they're doing their books or whenever they need somebody to do their books? Are there certain common things that I guess the smaller companies fall for or maybe miss out on? So I would say sometimes it's uh, d- different deductions throughout the year. So if you or or even tax planning, let's say tax planning, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of smaller companies, if they're structured or set up as a single member LLC. Most of the time, they're probably not doing um, their estimated quarterly tax payments. So at the end of the year, you may end up owing $15,000, depending on how much money you make. Um, Whereas if you were seeking the counsel of an accountant throughout the year, um, you can, one, properly plan plan for those estimated payments based on, because we can tax plan you based on how much you're making per quarter, or we can even change the way you're structured um, or taxed. So a lot of times, sometimes with, with the single member LLCs, you're paying an extra 15.3% in self-employment taxes, but it may be better or may, may be more advantageous for you to be taxed as an S corporation. Now, everyone shouldn't be taxed as an S corporation, but we can help you identify if you should be taxed as one or not. And what does that look like? How much money can you save? And that's, you bring up such a great point because I remember my first year in business that I did not pay quarterly taxes. And when that tax bill came due, I nearly had a heart attack at the end of the year. Yep. So I swore that that would <laughs> never happen again. Now, I, I, another sort of a, a, you know, entry level new question that I have, because I just upgraded, you know, my CPA and my accounting, you know, I kind of outgrew my, my old solution and grew into a new solution. And what I really found interesting in, in, in your interview with Truck and Hustle is that you said that there are bigger firms that have separate divisions for taxes, uh, personal taxes, accounting, bookkeeping. Is, is there any pros and cons to, to having those separate, separate entities taking care of those things? Or should they really be all under one house? What, what are the pros and cons, I guess, of having it separated versus together? 
So in, in the interview, what I referenced was like, so the firm that the larger firm that I worked at, um, so when I worked at a smaller firm, we got exposure to everything. We being the employee, we got exposure to everything. So I was exposed to how to do a, a company's books from start to finish, uh, how to do their corporate tax return, how to do their individual tax return, how to tax plan them. I literally did everything from start to finish. Whereas when I went to a larger firm, um, the firm that where they're they're focusing on obviously the client that has way more revenue, everything was segmented out. So they had a, a client accounting specific team. They had a a team that only did business returns. They had a team that only did individual returns. I think that the value in that is uh, you have more experts in one particular area, right? Like if I'm only doing business returns, then I know business returns. But I think that the value in the small business is we get to see the full picture. So if we're if we're seeing the full picture, then I can I can properly speak to what you should be doing on your individual taxation side versus what you how that carries forward from your business side. Same thing with your financials. A lot of times, honestly, with that small with that larger uh, firm that I work for, the person that's doing an individual tax return, they didn't know how to do accounting, even though they had accounting degree. They didn't know how to do accounting. They did not know how to look at someone's books and and properly reconcile their books or how to read the balance sheet, how to how to really read the profit and loss statement. So it, I feel like it's a catch twenty a catch twenty two. Like it, it's you know I was fortunate enough to to have the best of both worlds, and I spent a lot of my time in the smaller firm world where I got exposure to everything. I hope that that's super your smart. Question. Well, yeah, because it's super smart because I was always wondering, well, why wouldn't you want to keep all of that together? But like you said, if you have ex- you have access to, to more experts, maybe you have extra eyeballs on, on mm-hmm. things that you could be taking advantage of that maybe somebody else would miss. But it feels more, I, I guess, advantageous to to keep that all together. Um, so when you have, I guess, some of these these trucking companies that are coming to you, what does the, I guess, the setup process look like? Are, are there certain things that you're looking out for in order to help them, you know, uh, save money on their taxes, you know, have a better accounting process? What does that, I guess, onboarding look like for these guys and, and gals? So when we onboard a client, the first thing we do is we get them acclimated to our chart of accounts because we, um, we for our, for our CFO, so we have two packages. Let me start there. We have a basic bookkeeping package and we have a CFO package. For our CFO package, they get to talk to a CPA every single month to review their numbers mm-hmm. with them. With that package, we also like to benchmark our clients. So since we have a, uh, this is a, a niche industry, we can benchmark our clients against others in the industry as well. So uh, when they come, when a client comes on board, the onboarding process is we get access uh, where we set them we we set them up with our standardized chart of accounts because we want every client's chart of accounts to look the same. Uh, mm-hmm. From there. Once we get the books cleaned up, a lot of a lot of times these guys or these ladies do not have uh, accounting in place. So we might have to go back, depending on how far back they need to go, and we'll clean up their books for them. Uh, once we get their books cleaned up for them, then we like to issue financials by the tenth of every month. And so going forward, you'll get your financial your financials by the tenth of every month once we get it all cleaned up. But the cleanup process is strenuous because we may have to ask you a lot of questions just so we can get to know you because every client is different. Uh, and then from there, going forward, what we like to do, uh, if you're in the basic bookkeeping package, we like to identify, you know, you may not get that that personalized call every month, but we do still want to add value. So we like to give you maybe three things or three items where you're above industry standards that you should be mindful of um, and, and we'll point them out for you. But 
so that you're, you're aware of it. And then maybe you can do a little bit more research to identify why you're above industry standards. Why did you spend more than what you should have spent in that particular category? Um, obviously, we're not thinking of anything like fuel because fuel is is just high right now. But it's those other categories um, like driver pay or maintenance or just whatever that we may figure out. OK, how do you get this cost down or administrative cost? How do you get this cost down? Could be factoring. Uh, we have a good factor in relationship where uh, if you're paying 3% for factoring, we may be able to get that factoring right now for you. We have a insurance relationships, same thing where you may be overpaying for your insurance and we can connect you with our, our insurance agent to get that cost down as well. That's uh, on, on the on the CFO side, um, that's that additional handholding that we do. We, we really, really focus on cost and minimizing cost. A lot of these fleet owners, they focus on just growing their revenue but when you grow your revenue, most of the time you're only reducing tw- to 20 cents from your bottom line. So we focus on how can we minimize your cost some more so that you can take more money home. Mm. I love that because it really sounds like, you know, for, for a lot of these companies, these are the companies that need your kind of expertise, that need that mm-hmm. extra, especially initial handholding. And, and I love that you're providing that, that kind of expertise and that financial advice in order to keep these guys in business and these, and these gals in business too. Now for, you know, time for a couple more questions. I did want to know how, you know, being a former athlete and how that affects, you know, you running your business today. Do, do you think it helped or do you think it's hurt? Um, do you think it may be a little bit of both? So I would say it helps in a sense of, I feel like I, a, as a point guard, you know, that's that's the floor general. You're the leader of the floor, you're the leader of the team in a sense, because you have to be the most vocal. You call out the plays, you're really navigating everyone on the team, making sure everyone is in their right spot when it's time to run a play. I think that that helps um, in business as well, because by, by me being the owner, I have to make sure that everything is running smoothly. I also, it also helps me identify that I need my team. I cannot do this alone, right? So um, the importance of team and the value of team, I think that that's very important. And that carries forward from an athlete as well, because, you know, as an athlete, you can't do it all by yourself. You could try, but you're probably going to lose. I love that. I, I think that for a lot of the, these trucking companies that are working with you, they are extremely happy to have you <laughs> as part of their team. So, Denisha, thank you so much for, for sharing your expertise. Where can folks, you know, follow more of your work? Where can they reach out to, you know, to trans, Transpost CFO, all that good stuff? Thank you again for having me. It has been a pleasure. I really appreciate you. So um, all of our social media social media handles are Transpo CFO, T-R-A-N-S-P-O-C-F-O. So that's on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, LinkedIn. We're Transpo CFO. And our website is www.transposecfo.com. Awesome. We will link all of those in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your ex- expertise because a, a lot of companies need it. And, and hopefully we can, you know, help some of these companies, you know, stay out of, you know, thank entering you. the danger zone when it comes to their financials. So thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. hope you enjoyed that episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast by Digital Dispatch, where we help your company build a better website. And speaking of my company, I founded it back in 2018, but we recently streamlined our website services plans. So if you want to check out how we can help you and your marketing team build a better website and connect those ROI goals, then go visit digitaldispatch.io. 
You can also check out past episodes of this show and every show by hitting up the resources page on digitaldispatch.io or on everythingislogistics.com. I do some freelance content projects for select clients. And if you liked this show, then you might like some of the other content projects that I've worked on, like Cyberly, Maritime Means, and more. But until next time, I'm Blake Brumleave, and I will see you real soon. Go Jags!